Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? In July 2001, more than a dozen witnesses, including two police officers, witnessed a set of golden lights hovering silently in the night sky over the New Jersey Turnpike. But could this have been another example of a V-shaped UFO, or was it something much more mundane? Join us on Aliens Explored as myself and Neil explore the New Jersey Turnpike UFO. Hello listeners and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly UFO podcast where we look at the mysterious skies. Um, I'm one of your presenters, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other presenter, Stu Jackson. And it's UAPs now, Neil. We need to get with the times. We do. We need to We need to use the, the, the right terminology. <laughs> UAPs. So, so UAPs. this week we're looking at the UAP or UAPs which appeared over the, the New Jersey Turnpike in 2001, which people are still arguing about. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, it was... I mean, it was a big deal at the time, um, and it still is one of the great mysteries in the UFO community. See, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> in the UAP community, yeah. We in need the, to be... We need to be world. Yeah other world i mean we don't obviously we don't just do ufos here or uaps um we do all sorts of otherworldly things but this mm. was indeed a uap uh in july 2001 um as you'd say over the new jersey turnpike well let, let's um, just specify what it exactly was it was it was a set of lights in a v formation seen yes. hovering over the new jersey turnpike which uh, bore a, a, a similarity to what had been seen in the skies near Phoenix a few years earlier, back in March 97. Yes, yes, so just four years earlier. Um, and listeners, if you go back to episode two, uh, all the way back on episode two, <laughs> Neil, uh, we talk about that in great length. Well, we talk about the various Phoenix lights because there were more than one, weren't there? Mm. Um, but yeah, so you've got 16... Some uh, some people describe the lights as gold, some yellow, some amber. Mm. Um, but yeah, sixteen of these these lights. Yeah, as you say, in this V formation, just hovering. I mean, people are pulling the cars over and having a look at it. Mm. Um, just after midnight. Now, I tried to. <laughs> have you found in your research what day this happened? Um. Because no, I've, I've been I'd... struggling. <laughs> There's a reason I'm asking that. It wasn't a first I... of April thing, was it? No, no, no. Um, no, it was. It was definitely in July. Hmm. But I've heard conflicting reports about which day in July. I've heard 
the 14th of July, the 17th of July, and the 19th of July. Okay, I've, got, I've, I've brought up ABC News here who are saying 19th of July. Yeah, but there's all sorts of other um, reputable outlets that, like mm. I say, 14th, 17th as well. So there's some real inconsistency about what actual day this happened. And that, that doesn't which is normally happen with, with anything, really. Doesn't people usually get the date, either, either, they either get the day right or say it was somewhere, we're not sure of the date. Well, but, absolutely. Um, you know, especially where there's official investigations done, which in this case there was. Hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, that I just find a bit curious. I don't know what day it was. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get. It. I just found a report that said nineteenth of July. So I just. Uh, Maybe if it. our listeners know, they can uh, they can message in and let us know mm. uh, exactly when it was. Um, but yeah, curious one. This, and like you say, um, say earlier that very very similar to the Phoenix Lights. Yes. Ninety-seven. Now, uh, Colm Kelleher of the, the National Institute of Discovery Science says that, um, from what he's heard, that the lights were only about 1,800 feet up, which is, um, how's that, how many is that? about uh, 600 metres. Um, yes. So it should have been close enough to see the outlines of a vessel if there was one there. Well, I mean, it was just after midnight, so obviously it was very dark. Um, but one of the witnesses happened to have uh, a night vision. Um, I think it was a, a scope. Now, you um, have to wonder had. why someone carries around something like that, don't you? Well, <laughs> what do you it, do? He was a retired military man. Uh, this is, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and also going around with a night vision scope in I mean, in New we're Jersey. not known... Not known for our sweeping statements on this show. We are, really. We really are. So I'm going to say, it's America. Um, it could well have been someone just... They've been hunting or something. Yeah. I, I don't know what New Jersey's like for hunting, but I guess I guess there are wide open spaces. Well, spaces well, are wide the- enough open to fire high-velocity <laughs> rifle rounds around without but, endangering people more than but, usually. On the turnpike, it's reasonable to assume that they weren't hunting there. They'd no, been hunting somewhere, somewhere else, else and, yeah. and travelling to or from. Um, so, yeah, I can... If it was the UK, I think it'd be like, what the hell are they doing with something like so specialised as that? In America? Ah, actually, I can, I can believe it. Well, actually, it, it's hard to think of a, a surreptitious use for... Um night vision equipment because what, what, my experience of using night vision equipment in the military was you look at the you look into the dark with it if you look at a light for instance if you're if you're looking through it and a, a vehicle suddenly appears with a blasting a headlight in it, it dazzles the equipment the, mm. the, it kind of crashes so it's it's definitely not for looking in people's windows no, no or not no, if they've got no. a light on anyway I'm I'm sure this witness had a legitimate use for their night vision equipment. <laughs> yeah, um, we're, just, we're just naturally suspicious on this show, aren't we? 
We are, um, and especially, I mean, because America, because I, I, I know I've said this previously on episode, like I'm, I'm scared to go to America because guns, basically. Oh. <laughs> I have this this image in my head, and it's probably incorrect that everyone's walking around like, like everyone is armed. America. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be finding out because I've now um, I've committed to going to America <laughs> next year. Have now. you? Yeah, um, you, a, a year away. Uh, the first time I went to America, someone put a gun in my hand, and oh, I was Christ. I was drunk. I was really drunk. <gasps> we'd been drinking all day, and this guy just invited us back to. Well, basically, we'd, we'd stumbled into a biker bar, and uh, they were kind of okay with it. But this guy called Eric came up and said, um, "Look." you really don't want to be in here I'll, I'll take you somewhere else and we ended up going back to his place and his 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 old lady as he called her was sat there smoking opium and she offered us some because we were military guys we couldn't accept that and um i, I must have dozed off for a bit but suddenly I is that the in, official story in the official story, i must have dozed <laughs> off for a bit and suddenly I went, and he put a, a gun in what it was a nine millimeter beretta in one hand and a magazine with wad cutter rounds i could see you know, the top round of these these um flat-nosed rounds with a, a red tip in my hand and of course of of the three or four of us army guys I was the only one who'd been trained in using a handgun so I said look you do it like this and you, you, I put the magazine in and cocked it um, even though the, the, I'd been trained on a different weapon and then unloads it again and I thought afterwards of course I thought that's a really stupid fucking thing to do I was in a, a crowded room drunk with a weapon that I hadn't been trained on, and I loaded it and chambered around. Yeah. <laughs> That's how people die, you know, doing, doing stuff like that, you know. Um, and, well, and, and I know because I've done it. Although I didn't I mean, kill anyone on that occasion. And then he was showing us other things. He saw under his bed, he pulled out, he had, a, he had a, a, an AR-15 armor light rifle. Yeah, he, no? So, are you trying to terrify me? No, I've no. committed to going to America. <laughs> so, where, where, whereabouts are you going? I, I'm going to Chicago. Um, oh, nice, there's, safe place. There's <laughs> a big... Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're being ironic saying that, because I know nothing about America. Um, but no, there's there's uh, a, a major Star Trek convention next year, so in April. Wow. So, Let's three hope, um, three-day event. Let's hope travel restrictions have been lifted. And uh, well, I tell you what, you've got to wear your red Star Trek shirt. So if you get oh, yeah. killed, it's perfectly appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do wear red, but that's because I'm next generation onwards. So oh, right. Okay. The, always so, the captain. So next generation, they don't die with such uh, regularity, I guess. Now, Not in a red shirt, no. Yeah. Now, <laughs> anyway, we've we've gotten off topic. As we do. I mean, <laughs> no. this this, mili- this retired military man with his with his night vision goggles. Um, was he, he was he retired military? We haven't. It, uh, according I, to ABC News, it said he was uh, he was a retired military man was among the witnesses who you and he had night vision equipment, um, right. and he described a kind of flare out as the lights disappeared, and he also saw that said that he saw smoke after the lights had disappeared, uh, which is exactly what flares in the sky would look like. But I mean, he's a military man. If you if you're in the army. And you see lights in the sky, that's a flare usually. Yeah, there, there, there's that. Um, but flares, 
drift. They move. They don't stay in formation. Well, they 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 drift if there's if there's wind. I mean, if you're talking about a, a Shimuli parachute flare, but I mean, you see the thing shoot up. It looks like a firework rocket going up, and then there's mm-hmm. this bright light which stays in the sky because it's on a parachute, and it will illuminate. Okay. It's it's designed to illuminate the ground below. And as a military man, you you take cover. You know, you you, you stop moving, or you 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 know you hit the you stop moving if you're in woods. If you're on open ground, you hit the ground. And you stay there till the light goes out. Okay. Um. <coughs> so that's yeah. He would have being a military man. He was oh a light in the sky, got to be a flare. I, I I can I can see that, and I don't want to just t- dismiss and say oh mm. well, he would have seen that. So you know. Mm. So let's just explore that a bit further. How long do flares normally last? Um, I think about between fifteen and. 30 seconds something like that right these lights according to 15 independent witnesses who came forward to talk about it Mm. lasted for 15 minutes okay um i mean i'm talking about the kind of flare i had which was like a a little tube about the size Mm -hmm. of a a toblerone bar and you open it both ends and you you squeeze the trigger and it fires off this this flare possibly um i i mean i know that aircraft drop flares you see um you see transport aircraft taking off from from um, airstrips in afghanistan or iraq and as they take off they're popping out flares left and right which will you know in case someone's got a a surface to air missile a heat seeking missile locked onto them the idea is that the flares will distract or confuse the, yes. the missile so maybe aircraft will drop more will, will longer lasting flares but Okay. Yeah, but that would be a more regular thing, you know, that would Yeah, and the idea that they're in this V formation and, and again, you know, this is very similar to previous mm. sightings of, of similar things. And, uh, yeah, the V formation. I'm just going to go back a little bit on something you said because you mentioned mm. a Toblerone bar. Yeah. Now, I genuinely don't know if if uh, a lot of our listeners are Americans, right. um, and I genuinely don't know if you have Toblerones over there. So, in case you don't, it's a candy bar. <laughs> it's a candy bar, and it's um, um, it's it's always on sale, um, certainly in Europe, at airport um, duty free shops, and and usually in much larger sizes than you can buy in the shop. That yeah, seems to be the thing. You've been travelling abroad, you bring someone back a giant size candy bar that's about uh, you know a meter long. <laughs> Yeah, and, the triangular there. And they're triangular. Uh, the Shimuli flare is, is um, it, obviously it's a cylindrical thing, so it's more like a yeah. tube of, um, smaller than the tube of Pringles. It's narrower than a tube of Pringles. But um, Yeah. But now about, Americans about will know what Pringles yeah. are. So, <laughs> so imagine about, uh, like a Pringles tube, but about, about half the width. You can easily yeah. wrap your fingers around all the way. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I just wanted to, just in case, <laughs> regular, what the hell's a Toblerone? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, not to stop mimicking Americans. Um, no, no, now, I should There, I there was also something that. about how people felt when they saw the lights. They said, yes. Um, there, there was something about them that, that struck them very deeply, that had a kind of soothing effect on them. Yeah, peace and serenity. Yeah. Coming in waves off this thing. Oh, now um, I'm going to I, I'm going to offer a potential explanation on this. Okay, um, and this comes from my very, very, very limited uh, study of ghost phenomenon. 
Um, which electromagnetic fields can really radically um, stimulate or change our moods our, and our feelings oh. in any given moment. Um, so the, the way that comes from the, the, the ghost thing is if you go into... Some places have, have like just a really creepy feeling where you, you feel like you're being watched the moment you walk into a place. Oh. And a lot of investigation has been done and it's shown that actually there's certain electromagnetic fields in those places and that's what's stimulating that feeling. So the idea of these lights creating this peaceful, serene um, feeling, I, I would say that's probably an electromagnetic field. Okay, because uh, I, I was at thought a certain frequency. The, the 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 feeling that you're being watched in in haunted houses, I was assumed that was it had a more of a, more of a psychological cause that people have been told, oh, this is a haunted house, or this you know this is a there's a a, de- a a ghost of an old woman who lives here, or it's the old yeah we're, we're going to do a a paranormal study of the old abandoned lunatic asylum, and mm. you kind of go in there ready to be. To hit the supernatural, and you're going to be seeing all sorts of shapes. I, I do have a, a th- I, I do tend to see shapes. I do tend to see weird things around dusk, you know, when when your eyes change from yes. from daytime, where you're differentiate differentiating things by colour. With is it is it the, the the needles and the cones in your eyes? You switch from one to the other, so you go from differentiating by colour to differentiating by shape. And in that transition period, that's when I see, I sometimes get confusing things. And, and you know, and if I'm a bit spooked, that, that could be something sinister coming out of the dark at me or coming out of the dusk. So there's, um, yeah, I mean, so, so to address your first point there, um, th- there is certainly a, a, a sort of psychosomatic effect of being told right now you're going into this haunted room mm. and, you know people have had these experiences there go in and tell us what you're thinking yes people are on age yeah. before they come <laughs> last person and that they died of fright yeah but i'm i'm talking about places where people are given sort of no information mm. um i've certainly experienced it where i have walked into um like stayed in a hotel for example Hmm. And I'll just walk into one particular room. It's like, oh no, no, I'm not staying in this room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, without given being given any previous information, and then you discover afterwards, oh yeah, well a lot of people won't stay there because it's haunted. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me that yeah. before? So it, it, you're not wrong in what you say, but also sometimes effects can proceed cause on that. Mm. So there, but- there is more going on. Um, as for the the um, seeing sinister things, there is a psychological effect, and I, I forget the name of it now, where we see patterns in things that don't have patterns. We see faces in things. We'll, mm. we'll see a shape, like, and it, it can be a random shape, and we'll... It's, it's like when you look at a cloud and you see things in the cloud that, mm. that resemble... Like, it's, oh, look, that one looks like a car. Well, of course mm. it doesn't look anything like a car, but... Mm. but our brain turns it into this it interprets it as a familiar shape um and that's what a lot of that is you're seeing random shapes but your brain's trying to interpret it as something familiar well what's especially at dark when you know the caveman in us um 
will will get killed by you know <laughs> the, the saber toothed tiger yeah. or yeah absolutely um you, you do tend to see figures and you know and of course when when you see a figure when you know there can't possibly be a figure there that is really sinister mm. that is terrifying so i would say there's probably a lot of that going on there um but peace and serenity is not normally no. one that's associated. But then, how many people would interpret, you know, like they're going to a room, oh, this feels so peaceful, this feels so serene. Mm. They wouldn't say, oh, look, it must be haunted then. They'd say, oh, look, it's a religious expression. And that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. That's, that, that's not going to warrant investigation. Oh, look, it's a miracle. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's I mean, they, well, they, they walk to a room and think, "Oh, I feel quite relaxed in here. This must be a relaxing room. It's uh, it's nice yeah. and quiet. It's got subdued colours, subdued lighting, comfortable furniture. Yeah, it it feels like a relaxing place. But but yeah, they would they would attribute it to these these more um, more mundane and and obvious causes or, I mean, or, and, or religious, as I yeah. say. And, 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 uh, uh, so for, for the benefit of our, our foreign visitors, if you want to have a, a creepy experience, um, I can't give any specifics, but that can often be obtained by staying in an English bed and breakfast. It's like a, an overnight hotel. Usually in someone's private house, they, they will let you that you rent a room for the night. It's the, it's the cheapest way to stay. Um, pubs often have it, but often private houses. And uh, you just get an overnight stay in a room and they give you breakfast in the morning and, and off you go. It's an overnighter. But there are some very creepy ones around. And they have guest houses in America. I've seen them on TV. Yeah, but the, it, they've had a Fraser Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, I remember staying in one, and um, the pictures on the walls were all of these these old photos of, I guess, the family. But nobody was smiling. Everyone was just kind of glaring. <laughs> all these sort of stern-faced people in the photos, and the house was full of dolls. Dolls everywhere, you know, on every windowsill in, in my room, on the landing, whatever, and, and lined Staring up down the hallway. All these dolls, all looking at you. And I thought, yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, obviously this lady loved dolls, but uh, yeah, it was it was kind of creepy. Yeah, that would that would creep anyone out in any country. <laughs> I've got to say, you wouldn't need electromagnetic fields. Um, but yeah, so I I would speculate that actually there are all these different electromagnetic fields affecting our moods on a day-to-day -day basis. It's just the really intense ones that oh. stand out. And there's no reason at all why, if these lights were giving off the right frequency of electromagnetic... I mean, this is pure speculation on my part. I've got no oh. scientific basis for this at all. Um, I'm just thinking, oh, I wonder if it's this. Um, oh. Yeah, so maybe it was just giving off an electromagnetic field... Maybe I mean, how do people? You've got your uh, your green screen on behind you, showing the uh, the aurora borealis. <laughs> people feel soothed when they see that, don't they? They go, they they travel specifically to the Arctic to see these amazing lights in the sky and feel soothed by them, and they know that this is it, it's it's an atmospheric thing. Yes, it, it's, there's nothing supernatural about it, or it's been explained why you get this. In the in the certainly in the north north pole, do you get in the south pole as well? I don't know. Don't know. I, I mean, you get you get borealis all over the world. Mm. Uh, this, this aurora, and and or even a firework display, um, they can have a very pleasing effect, can't they? Do oh, people feel oh, relaxed? By oh. No, I'm gonna say right. <laughs> as someone who suffers from PTSD, I hate fireworks with a passion. 
Okay. I, yeah. I'm. Yeah. No. I. The oh no. Bonfire night, um, which in the UK is is kind of when our um, we we have the most amount of fireworks. Bit like. Um, 1st of July in America, but ours is like 5th of November. 4th of July. 4th of July, that's 4th of July, 4th of July, sorry. Yeah, ours is 5th of November. um, And we have like a week where every night there's fireworks going off. And Oh, no, no, no. I I think they should be banned. Mm, I I feel very strongly about this. Someone let up one last night which woke us up in the early hours of the morning. And it it sounded like a machine gun, but apart from it was irregular and didn't have the kind of power of a round being fired but it was it was noisy and uh you know it was it was in the early hours of the morning and what, what the hell is who's, who's doing that idiots yeah idiots yeah. well i i i used to live, as, you, as you know neil i used to live very close to canary wharf in london mm. um and yeah you would regularly quite regularly have fireworks going off all throughout the year like you know yeah. barely a month goes by when you don't have them Going off it is. Yeah, I, mean, no. I mean, when I was a kid, because we have we have bonfire night in this country, which is a particularly, I think, particularly English thing, and a particularly Protestant thing. But well, it's, certainly, it's uh, when we celebrate um, the failure to blow up Parliament. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> our only unique celebration. There is no other celebration in this country which is unique to to Britain or to no. unique to England. But I also found. When I was working at, at Hampton Court Palace, that occasionally I would start talking about Guy Fawkes because it was historically relevant. Um, I was talking about the, the gunpowder plot, and some of the I find kids looking at me blankly, and I say, "Have you heard of Guy Fawkes?" And they'd say, "No." And so my next question would be, "Are you a Catholic?" And they'd say, "Oh, yeah," and that'll be why Catholic Catholic kids really? don't know about it. They really don't know about it. Not not British British Catholic yeah British kids Catholic kids surely. don't know that they they, no. they celebrate they celebrate Halloween more they, and they have fireworks on Halloween but they they really honestly they really don't I've, know I, about, I'm going to investigate about that because I'm finding because that it was really from a, from another country yes I, I can understand that but it I, I mean the 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 Catholics the 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 Jacobites were the, I suppose, the Islamic fundamentalists of the 17th century. Mm. And, and were hounded, and, and basically that's, that's what it was. It was, a, it was an anti-Catholic purge, and this, allegedly, they, they were, I mean, there was some evidence that they, there was some gunpowder plot, but it was, it was apparently the reason it failed um, is because um, quite a few of them had friends who were members of Parliament and started to give this, um, mm. if I were you, I wouldn't go to Parliament um, yes. uh, next Wednesday because, you know, I can't say, but uh, just, just don't turn up. Yeah. And, of uh, course, the, the, that's how the word got out. Mm. We've done our thing about digressing. Yeah, yeah, we, we do, <laughs> don't we? So we're, we're ruling out fireworks as... Uh, uh, yeah, as the, and as fireworks the, as... And, and flares, I think it's fairly easy to... Mm. Um, uh, to rule that out now uh, there is some uh, corroboration uh, that this thing existed so from the FAA hmm. an FAA spokesman has confirmed that there were no planned military operations and the air traffic hmm. was was light there wasn't much around at that time but a group um, known as the New York Strange Phenomena Investigators New York um, Strange Phenomena New York Strange Phenomena Investigators, NYSPI. 
And more SPR. They should have a, they, yes. They've so got to have a TV, TV series. Bit like, bit like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, or Wellington, Scoo- par- Wellington Paranormal. Scooby-Doo meets CSI New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, they, they claim to have FAA radar data mm. that shows that there was something in that area at that time. It showed up on radar, which... At 1,800 feet, would it show up on radar? Would that be too low for it? Because that is quite low, as you say. It, it is quite... I, I would have thought, yeah. I, I suppose it depends how near you are to a, an airport. Um, so I thought there was... He, yeah, he, he, the same spokesman for the FAA also said that no pilots flying in or out of Newark Airport nearby reported seeing anything out of the ordinary. No, but again, at 1,800, you know, it, they'd probably be too high for it. Also, well, if, if you're, you're looking land, down... Yeah. yeah, but if you're looking down and you see a group of lights mm. around a turnpike, you're just going to think it's street lights or... I, I guess, yeah, if they're not moving, they're just yeah, lights. You, yeah, you, you, would, you wouldn't recognise it as something out of the ordinary, would you? I, I, I suppose, I don't, I don't know how far away um, Newark Airport is from where the lights were seen, so you know, it, it could have been that a plane would have... Yeah, it would have flown right through them if, if it was coming into land. I don't. I don't know either. Maybe that's something one of our listeners can uh, can shed some light Cause, on. Because I mean, when planes come into land, their, the their, their sort of landing path is is really long. Uh, my brother lives in a street in Richmond, in West London, which is quite a long way from Heathrow. I mean, from there, it's about a forty minute drive to to Heathrow Airport. Um, in the UK, that's a long way. <laughs> in the UK, that's a long way through crowded. Yes, actually, in the UK, it probably isn't a long way, is it? Because you're going. The reason it's forty minutes is because of all the busy streets you've got to get through. Um, but um, my brother lives in the street where a, a plane coming in from India, as it lowered its undercarriage, you know, forty minutes on uh, tr- ground travel away from the airport, as it lowered its undercarriage a frozen Indian stowaway fell out into the street. The frozen body landed in, in my brother's street. Oh, my goodness. So planes are, are still a pretty... I mean, jet planes are moving, you know, covering quite a lot of yes. distance as, as they if come it, into land. And what, what is it, 300 mile an hour, something like that, that they move at? Um, it's pretty fast, I know that much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how fast they go. They don't look like they're moving fast. No, that's because the they're... A long way up. Yeah, yeah. but uh, what's you look at a plane? I think, yeah. When, when I think about the theory of of aviation, how things fly and how the air currents pass over and under the wings, whatever, I understand how that applies to say a biplane, which is basically a box kite with an engine on it, keeping it going forward into the wind as opposed to a, a, a tether to the ground. But when I see a hundred ton jumbo apparently just hanging <laughs> in the sky, not moving forward, I think how how is that possible? No, well, it's, it's the same way you see like, aircraft carriers on on the water. Hang on, that's just a, a mm. load of metal and it's floating. Yeah, science, science, oh. folks. But do you know what? We, before we go down a real yeah. long time, we've kind of run out of time anyway. So mm. let's do our summary. Uh, of what we think of the 2001 New Jersey Turnpike. Very simple question, Neil. Was it otherworldly? Um, 
and my answer I think is going to have to be I don't know um, we don't know what it is people have got theories about it that, that nothing seems to add up you know that there was no planned military operations no pilots flying in or out saw anything it was only people on the ground who stopped to look at it and and even talking about it years later said that you're just talking about it, they, they 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 returned to that serene restful feeling they they got from the, the the emotional the emotional feelings associated with it so it's something weird yeah um sorry well, that's, yes, no, no, so, I, yeah, it's something weird what, I, but i don't, I don't know, know if it's visitors from another world I'd, I'd yeah that's a bit yeah. of a Saying I don't know is is the most honest thing to say. You've not ruled this out, and that's probably no. the yeah. The main I, I thing. can't I can't rule it out. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, that's fantastic because I mean I mean not neither of us know, mm. um, but I, I mean I would suspect it it is because it it matches so many other patterns of established um, so UFO or UAP. God, I don't a lot now. UAP mm. um, or otherworldly. Mm events but what do you think listeners uh, is there a more mundane explanation for the 2001 new jersey turnpike uap what date did it actually happen uh do let's and how far away is newark um from it do let us know the answers <laughs> to this and anything else you want to let us know uh about this subject by the usual means, you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter uh, by searching Aliens Explored, or, or you can go to our website, aliensexplored.com, and don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really, really does help us. Next time, Neil, I'm very excited about this because I'm a huge Douglas Adams fan. Hmm. And next week is our 42nd episode. So we've got to do something Douglas Adams related. Well, I've um, certainly got to come up with a definitive answer. If it's, if it's yes, 42, the answer to life, the universe, and everything is I don't uh, know. Forty, yeah. I don't know what it means. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're going to do something sort of. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit tenuous this link, but in the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, Douglas Adams writes about. Uh, the a race called the Golgofrinchums, who oh. come to Earth deep into its past, um, bringing along people, the Golgofrinchum race, um, who seed the Earth and wipe out humanity or Neanderthal man. So, we're going to be discussing: Are humans really extraterrestrials from another planet? That's oh. our topic for next week. I'm can't looking forward to it, yeah, can't wait. <laughs> In the meantime, keep watching those lights above the turnpike and the rest of the skies. <laughs> bye <laughs> for now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.